friend. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Clyde and the host of this podcast. And if you're new here, so glad you hopped on. If you're a regular subscriber, so glad you subscribe. And this week, I'm really excited to hand you over an interview I just got done doing with a woman named Bridget Reinauer. Bridget is the sister of Kurt Cameron and Candace Cameron Beret, and she shares in this podcast what it was like growing up with two child stars, sitcom, 80 sitcom stars, and her experience of feeling um, forgotten and how God has shown up in the midst of that feeling and written a story that's all hers to share. And it's an amazing interview. And I think you'll be very encouraged by her story. So check it out. Bridget, I'm so glad that you hopped on to hang out with me today. I have a jillion million questions, but first of all, I just want to say thanks for hanging out. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. This is so great. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you have worked in the entertainment business for many years, including on projects like TV series such as The Full House and Home Improvement and films such as Saving Christmas, Wild America, Perfect Game, and The Crew. Can you invite us into your life story and how you were invited into this business? Yeah. Um, gosh, it's so kind of crazy. Um, so I have, uh, there's four siblings, there's four of us total. And uh, when we were little, we actually lived in an apartment building and we were friends with uh, another childhood um, actor, uh, Adam Rich, who played uh, Nicholas on Eight is Enough. And (laughs) yeah, and uh, my brother Kirk and I, we were, um, uh, there's, like I said, there's four of us and Kirk is the oldest, I'm the oldest daughter. And then we have a middle sister, Melissa, and then Candace is the baby. And uh, uh, Adam was working. And so his mom had mentioned to my mom, Barbara, you should get your kids in the business. And my mom was like, no, absolutely not. But Hollywood is Mm -hmm. not where we want to go, what we want to do. And um, so uh, Adam's family, they moved uh, closer to Hollywood. So uh, because uh, Adam was working and... um, just years later, my mom and Adam's mom reconnected and saw each other. And so they just started talking and and Fran was just like, Oh my gosh, how are the kids? And my mom showed a picture. And she was like, Barbara, please let me get your let me take your picture, the kids picture into our agent and just see what happens. And my mom was um, reluctant, but finally said yes, okay. Um, Because if 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 I'm going to get my kids into the business, it's really because of Bridget. Bridget is our little performer. She loves to sing, act, dance. She was in all the school plays. And uh, if, if any of my kids are going to do it, it, w- it would be Bridget. So um, Fran took the picture in. We got a call a couple weeks later uh, from an agent in Hollywood. We, uh, My parents took us four kids down and we interviewed with her and uh, read some commercial and theatrical sides. And the agent took Kirk right away and said, I'd like to get Mm. him started. Um, She also took our sister, Melissa, wanted to start her in. 
and then said, bring Candace back when she's a little bit older, because I don't start kids until she's uh, till they're six. And Candace was four at the time. And my mom said, well, that's great. But what about Bridget? Because that's why we're here. Like Bridget's our little mm. performer. And the agent said, Bridget is really, really good. Um, but we, I do see that she's going to need some work um, on her teeth. And I just don't take kids with braces. So once her braces are um, off, then uh, we'll definitely get Bridget started. Um, well, me having braces is a whole nother podcast. That was just a very, very <laughs> long journey. Um, so uh, as a young child, um, the opportunity for me to be um, an actress or a performer didn't, uh, didn't happen. But um, when I graduated high school, um, I was given the opportunity to be a stand-in on Full House. Um, mm. And that uh, Candace was working at the time. And I said, my mom came to me and said, Bridget, they'd like to offer you a position at, uh, on the show as a stand-in as part of the crew. And a stand-in is basically someone who rehearses for the child actors when they're in school because they have to have a minimum of three hours. And so they like someone to just play the character for um, a particular character or a guest star. And because of my petite frame, I'm 4'11", um, it worked to my advantage to stand in for child stars, child actors and actresses. Mm. So I got to work on Full House, and then that brought me over to the show Home Improvement after that. Um, I worked with Jonathan Taylor Thomas for many years and the kids on Home Improvement. Um, again, uh, Wild America, uh, the crew. I had a long 20-year career of being a stand-in um, in the business. And then um, Saving Christmas is actually a movie that my brother Kirk asked me to be in. Um, I thought he called me one day and said, hey, Bridget, I'm doing this movie, this Christmas movie, and I want to be, I want you to be a part of it. I thought he was going to give me a stand-in job. Well, he actually was asking me to uh, to play his co-star. There's uh, there was a character, his sister, in the movie, and hmm. he said, "I want you to play my sister in this film." And so, uh, so I was able to 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 uh, work on Saving Christmas and be in that film with him. Which was I great. love that he was asking you to play his sister. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, you're really inspiring me to want to go back and watch all these classic sitcoms and films. <laughs> and I have so many questions I want to ask you about yes. what you just shared. But to give people context who are listening, when you talk about, you know, this crazy story where one person, a neighbor, it's interesting to me, one person can change the trajectory of your life. This one woman neighbor changed your whole family's trajectory. That's a powerful idea in and of itself. But to give people context, because people might not know when you say, oh, we all went in and they offered Kirk something right away and said Candace could come and your sister Melissa, you're talking about Kirk Cameron and you're talking about... Candace Cameron Burr. And so people might just hear and go, oh, you're, you know, your siblings were in a few plays or something. <laughs> but you're right. talking about, right. you know, you weren't actors. You lived in an apartment building and a woman's son was involved in acting. And years later, you're the mom's cross paths and she invites you into this opportunity. Yeah. And um, I, I guess I'm curious when 
all of your siblings got picked up and they said this about your braces. How did that message speak to you at that time? Did that impact you in a negative way? Um, as a young child, absolutely. Cause I thought, mm-hmm. um, I wondered why she didn't, why didn't, why didn't she choose me? Mm-hmm. Um, to be completely honest with you, Kirk didn't even want to go. Like, I'm just going to throw it, lay it out there. Kirk didn't even want to go on this interview. He didn't want to be in the business. That just was not his character. Um, And it was just, again, it was, um, it was heartbreaking for me, but um, my mom just made sure that I knew and I understood that when the braces came off, we were going to pursue that for me. I continued to be in the school plays. I continued to do little local theater, you know, things like that. And um, growing up um, and to, and to, again, to kind of take your listeners back to who my brother and sister are, you're a child of the eighties and you grew up with growing pains and Mike Seaver. um, Uh Mike Seaver Kirk Cameron, that is my brother. Um, uh-huh. And then if you grew up with Full House, DJ Tanner is my sister, Candace Cameron Bray. And, and my mom and my parents always made um, family things with them because they traveled so much and they got to do uh, so many incredible things that when my parents could make it a family affair, they would. And so even though I was not chosen and I was I didn't grow up being a child star or, or actress I was still in that whole world of acting and performing mm-hmm. and, and and seeing what they got to do um as their careers grew um, how did your parents or I don't know if you grew up with uh, your mom and your dad or just your mom both parents but how did they help you navigate that that experience of almost feeling like you weren't chosen and then your two siblings become famous sitcom stars? How did how did that play out? Again, I think it just goes back to the family unit that they created for us as mm. just as small kids. We always did things as a family and it was mm. never um, we always supported everybody. I mean, I remember as a, as a child sitting in front of the TV, watching different shows and waiting and hoping that maybe we'd see a commercial that would come on and there's Kirk or there's Candace and we would all get so excited. And, hmm. you know, as I mentioned, my mom and my dad would always try and make those functions that they went to a family trip, a family thing. Um, hmm. And just always encouraged us. I mean, even in the plays that I was in at school or the the local uh, theater, my whole family came to watch me in those things. Mm-hmm. And so it was it, growing up, it was never, um, well, Kirk and Candace are doing this and I'm going to be with them. And I, you know, I, unfortunately I can't be with you over. It was, it was never that we were always a family unit. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, Hmm. and, uh, always supportive, always, um, encouraging and, um, just, uh, you know, just, just really, um, being together and being that supportive, that supportive family, you know? Yeah. 
That's awesome because I think it, what a what an important value to learn to celebrate each other's successes and celebrate each other's differing giftings and differing seasons. And it it is so helpful to have parents who can do that well. That's yeah. such a beautiful thing that your parents did for you. I just can imagine in that moment feeling almost, and I've heard you and read you mentioned almost feeling forgotten, like, you know, did God forget about my gifts? And I think a lot of people, even listening, can resonate with almost feeling like, hey, like, I see my friends getting these opportunities. I see my spouse getting these opportunities. I see people younger than me getting opportunities. And where's my chance? You know, that's a common feeling. Do you do you have any advice for people who are feeling like that? Absolutely. Um, God has a plan and a purpose for, for everyone. And I get emotional talking about it because I, for a long time, I really felt like God forgot about me because I didn't understand why I kept getting these no's when I finally started to when the braces came off and I was able to go on auditions, mm-hmm. I kept getting no's and I couldn't understand why. And some of these auditions that I went on, I knew I nailed it. I totally nailed it. It was perfect for me. Mm. But God didn't open those doors. And now looking back and seeing the life that I, that I did, that I have being a mom and the 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 moments that i that i have with my kids um i think i look back and think if god had given me what i wanted i might not i wouldn't be here sharing my story with all of mm-hmm. you i i truly feel that and god has everything is perfect in god's timing and god never forgets about us my goodness he created us He's given us our gifts and our talents. And we just have to trust and know that in his perfect timing, we will see those and be able to pursue those if we choose to. Um, so, yeah, lots, lots of times seeing them and their careers, you know, growing and skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. There were times where I just thought I don't understand why they got chosen. And why 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 those doors aren't opening for me. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to hear that you can now look back on those no's and see them differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um there's a part of my testimony my story is um my husband and I and our three children back in 2015 um my kids are grown now but um I have older teenagers now but in 2015 um the movie Saving Christmas actually was up for an award and um my brother Kirk was hosting the K-Love Awards and so he said Bridge why don't you come to the K-Love Awards um, and I said, Oh my goodness. And so my husband and I 
decided that we wanted to take a road trip to Nashville for that and to meet Kirk and, and, and be there. And so we, I, we grew up doing road trips, so I was all excited about it. And so we, as a family, my husband and three kids, we, uh, we took a road trip and we were in Texas and we came upon a dirt storm. Now living here in the Palm Springs area, we get dirt storms all the time. And, um, this particular dirt storm in Texas, we didn't realize how bad it was until we got into the middle of it and it blacked out our car. It blacked out our vision. We oh couldn't see past the front windshield of our, of our car. And so it was a two lane highway going both ways with a grass median on in the center and on both sides. And my husband start, was driving and started to slow down. And we finally came up upon the back end of a semi truck that had, was stopped and has its had had its hazards on. And um, my husband turned around and looked at me and we were only behind this truck for a very short time. But he looked at me in the back seat and he said, Bridget, I don't feel comfortable being behind this truck. God is telling me to move this car over to the side. And I said, okay. And so he did, he moved it to the shoulder. Um, so now we were um, next to the semi truck. It was still very, very dark um, we were in this, in this cloud of dirt. And we weren't there more than just a couple of, of seconds after we had moved the car and a semi truck going 75 miles an hour. I'm sorry. No, you don't need to be sorry. A semi truck going 75 miles an hour came behind us and smashed into the semi truck that we were just behind and the cab exploded and the driver died. And it was literally like a Hollywood movie. The flames, the fire, the impact that was right next to us. And at that moment, I, God was telling me to get our daughter from the back seat and move her up into the center where I was with our older son. And I, we did, and we buckled in her seatbelt. And seconds after that, another semi truck didn't stop and hit us from behind and pushed us down into the ravine. And then that driver, jumped out of his truck onto our car and said, get out of your car, that the trucks in your car are on fire. Mm-hmm. And I, we got out of the car and I could hear voices in on the side of the road. And still there was this huge cloud of dirt. You can't, you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And so we just heard these voices on the side, just yelling over here, over here, come over here. And so I just told everybody to run to the voices and we got into this car and they took us down a little ways. And during that time um, that this was all happening, I mean, eventually there were all these fire trucks and ambulances and police cars, and there was so much commotion going on. And I remember God putting in my visual, Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, 11, over and over and over. And with everything going on and the chaos going on, it, it was kind of annoying that, that he kept putting this in my head, but I knew he was trying to tell me something. And in that moment, I honestly could not remember what that verse was, 
but I kept seeing it over and over and over in my visual. Hmm. And eventually when we got to the motel and groom, I burst through the door of the, the motel room and I went to the nightstand and I grabbed the Bible and it opened to Jeremiah 29, 11. And in that moment, God spoke to me and gave me my life verse that said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you hope in a future. And God spoke to me that day and said, Bridget, all those years that you felt overlooked and left out and you were angry at me that I didn't open those doors for you. I have a plan for you. I just saved you and your family from a major car accident. And you have to trust me in this moment. I have a plan for you. And I will reveal it to you one day. But it's got to be in my timing, not yours. And that was the day I just, it just hit me that I have to trust God more. And he brought me back to those moments of being a stand-in and brought me back to those moments of being a mom. And that time, that precious time that I was able to have with my kids growing up and the moments and the memories that I have that I share in my story. If, again, if God had given me what I wanted, I wouldn't have a story to share because I could have been traveling and performing and um, not um, seeking him fully and Mm. having those cherished moments and memories with my husband and my kids. Your mental, spiritual, and emotional health is worth time, energy, and investment. As women, we can sometimes struggle to find the space and time necessary to focus on rejuvenating our minds and our spirits. But the truth is, our health is worth it. The Collide Counseling Bundle is an online course featuring 12 videos of mental health professionals giving their best advice, journals, resources, and so much more to help walk you through the topics that are most relevant to your life, anxiety, broken relationships, body image, and more. We are so thrilled to be making the resources for a sustainable healing journey available for the same investment as what one therapy session typically costs, $99. It's time to invest in your healing and wholeness. Learn more at wecollide.net slash counseling bundle. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me over and over again when I get to hear people's stories, and I'm hearing this in yours, that it sometimes takes some of the most tragic or hard or difficult or painful experiences to almost prioritize for us the most important things yep. and sort of shift our perspective out of places of discontentment to places of contentment. And it sounds like that really happened for you. 
it, it, it really, it really did. And again, I never in, in that moment, it was just like, it was kind of like this light bulb. Like he was like, God was like hitting me over the head going, Bridget, do you not remember your career as being a stand-in and, and being in a movie and, you know, performing, um, being a ballroom dancer and competing and, and doing all of that. I've, I've given you all of those things. Um, but I also gave you those, those times with your family that are so, mm -hmm. that are so treasured. And again, you know, the stories that I share with people, um, and just how God, uh, used that day to remind me, um, that it's all, it's all his plan. Hmm. So that was seven years ago that you had this, this experience with God where he rescued you and saved you and then spoke purpose over you. What is sort of ensued since? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, um, he is giving me opportunities, um, like I said, uh, to be in this, in, in the movie Saving Christmas. I mean, I never thought that I would have been in a movie in the theater. Um, and then yeah, also, that's crazy. I know and that was super fun. Um, I've been a dancer since I was a little girl hmm. performing. And I remember, um, when, uh, when Candace was offered, uh, to be on Dancing with the Stars, and I got to see her ballroom dance and ballroom is one of the dances I never tried. And so after seeing her on dancing with the stars, I thought I've got to try ballroom dancing. And it was like this whole new world for me. And I absolutely loved it. My instructor actually asked me to compete in a local ballroom dance competition um, three months after I started. And I said, you're crazy. There's no way. And he said, no, you can do it. And so I learned smooth and rhythm uh, dances. And um, I competed and I, I did really, really well. <laughs> and, um, you know, now it's like God is opening doors for me to be um, a, a guest speaker and motivational speaker at women's conferences and, and hmm. events and doing podcasts like these. And um, I just, I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful that um, God gave me that, that, that message that day. Um, Cause I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a story to share. Hmm. I love that you're starting to share your story more and more, like you said, on podcasts and speaking at conferences. I love that you are taking what God has done in your life and the story that he's writing, and you're beginning to share it with other people and help them in their stories. And I'm just wondering, as you come across women who who do feel forgotten, who do feel like they haven't quite figured out what their purpose is yet. How are you seeing God use your story to help those women? Wow. Um, well, 
when I go and I share, I always pray before and I ask God to show me the women that needed to be there that day. Hmm. And he has clearly done that. Um, I've had women come up to me just in tears and just tell me how much my story um, has impacted them or how it has resonated with them. Because I think a lot of, a lot of women, not even women, I've even had men come up to me and, and share with me that they have also in the shadows of a sibling or a friend or something like that, that they have felt that they've been forgotten about. And it's having that, what I would, what I would say is having that personal relationship um, with Jesus and just, um, just knowing and, and, and trusting that God has, God has a plan. God has a purpose. He never forgets his children. And in his time, um, he will reveal it. Um, if it's, if it's in his, if it's in his plan, um, to do that. And sometimes, you know, I felt so many times, um, being a mom, you know, this is just an amazing season for me, but there's so many things that I wanted to do. And, um, and I was okay. I was okay with that. Because God just poured into me so I could pour into my children and raise them up knowing who Jesus is and that God loves them and, and, and all of that. Um, never, never, don't feel that you're forgotten about mm. because there's so many women I think that, that feel the same. Absolutely. I, I mean, I talk to women all the time who feel that way. And I love that you're encouraging us to find contentment in what God has for us right now. I was just in a conversation even yesterday with a woman who was was struggling with what God is doing in her life when it feels like there's a lot of sort of hardship or dead ends happening in her calling. And we just kind of talked about the idea that, you know, sometimes for such a time as this, for a season, you run into no's, you run into dead ends, you run into um, seasons of slowness or what looks like lack of business success or whatever it is. And, you know, if we can shift our perspective and begin to ask God, you know, in this time where I'm not getting what I wanted, what do you have for me? in this? What can I receive in this time? And it's a shift of perspective. And I love that you've shifted your perspective and you're inviting us to do so. I'm kind of curious because you brought up a minute ago, the idea of the experience of living in the shadows of someone else. And as a mom, I'm wondering how you've made sure that your kids know that they're always chosen. Um, I think it just goes back to the way that my family always kept us as a unit. Hmm. Um, we didn't grow up in a Christian home. My parents were not believers. Um, my parents separated when Kirk and I were seniors in high school. Um, and 
I thank God that they never divorced. Um, the beautiful thing is my parents are both believers now. Um, my whole family is. My dad, um, my brother was actually able to baptize my dad several years ago. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, um, I think as a mom, just giving the, giving the love and the encouragement and the support to each one of my kids together and separately and being in God's word and, and, um, supporting them in what they want to do. Um, and just telling them that I believe in them. Even if things don't go the way that they are hoping, reminding them that God has a purpose. I mean, my goodness, they were involved in this car accident. They were also involved. Mm. Not one of us were taken that day. All five of us could have been taken that day in that moment. And I remind them all the time that that is, was also a moment for them to know God has a purpose for you all. Um, and, you know, just trusting in him that um, that he also has a plan for them. Hmm. I, I'm very curious because it's such an interesting piece of your story. Your parents weren't Christians. You didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't either. Um, but it's very interesting that all of you now love and follow Jesus and your brother baptized your dad. How did all of your lives change? How did you stumble upon this Jesus who, you know, when we collide with him, he just radically changed our lives? Yeah. Um, you know, growing up in Hollywood, um, Hollywood's brutal. It's, it's uh, not a world that most people know. Um, some, most people I think would, would see all the glitz and the glamour and the fame and all of those wonderful things on social media now that you're seeing of all these celebrities, but being in it, even as a, as a child, it's, it's not, it's not healthy. And because my mom was the manager of my sister of Candace and Kirk's careers, it really pulled my parents apart. And, um, and then when Kirk, uh, was doing growing pains, he, uh, was introduced, he was, he was asked to go to church and he went to church for the very first time. And this was like in the height of his career when he was like this teen heartthrob and hmm. he went to church for the very first time and heard the gospel. And, um, one of the questions that the pastor said was, if you were to die today, would you go, would you be going to heaven? And Kirk honestly sat and thought to himself, no, I wouldn't be going to heaven. And even though I've got all this fame and this fortune and money and all of these things, I wouldn't be going to heaven. And so he was driving home one day and he just, the Holy Spirit just convicted him. He pulled over to the side and he said, Lord, I've never prayed before. I don't even know how to pray, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you into my life and for you to show me what this whole thing is about. Hmm. And, um, cause I, 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 I want to spend eternity 
Um, I know there's got to be something better than where I'm at and what I'm doing right now. There's got to be more to this. Hmm. And so he prayed the sinner's prayer by himself that moment, all by himself, and asked Jesus into his life. And then it was just him planting seeds with us and my mom and dad and just planting seeds. And my dad was very, uh, didn't really want to um, hear about it because that's just how he was raised and things like that. My mom grew up going to church at, you know, Easter and Christmas and knew Jesus as a little girl, but just as a family, it was, we, we didn't grow up. We, we also went to church at Christmas and Easter and all of those things, but um, it was just Kirk planting those seeds of, of what he was learning by going to church and reading the Bible and, and um, what he was being convicted of and um, just seeing him change. Hmm. Seeing him change just completely from the inside out and all of us just kind of going, gosh, this is what I want some of that, you know, I want Hmm. that too. And, um, and I'll never get, I'll never forget um, when I accepted um, Christ, I was 16 years old. I was at a church concert and Kirk was with me and he just could kind of see in me that they had, you know, the, the pastor had said, if anybody wants to ask Jesus in their heart to come forward and Kirk could just, could just see me crying and all of that. And he just whispered, do you want to go up? And I said, yeah, I do. And he brought me up and he said the sinner's prayer with me. And he was 17. I was 16 years old. And that was when I accepted Christ. And then it was just kind of like a snowball. Um, And my dad, um, it took years, you know, for my dad to just kind of ask questions and learn. And again, just planting those seeds with him. And he, I'm not exactly sure how many years ago it was, but um, he accepted Christ. And again, Kirk was able to baptize him. Hmm. And it's just amazing to me how I feel that God put us in this industry, in this business that's so dark and so whatever you want to call it. But yet he had such a hand over our family this entire time. And protected us from that world. And now knowing how he's using us as a family to Mm -hmm. spread the gospel. Because again, we didn't grow up in entertainment. It wasn't like we all were like, hey, mom, we want to get be on TV. We had no knowledge of that at all. But yet God used that, kept Mm -hmm. his hand over us. And is now using us to spread hmm. the word of God. It's fascinating to me that your brother, at you know, you say kind of the height of his career being a heartthrob and having pretty much everything another 16-year-old would dream to have. And he's posed with spiritual questions that sort of knock him over to the point where he has everything, and yet without Jesus, he realizes he has nothing. And he has this genuine spiritual experience, and you all see 
that Jesus was changing his life. And I think it reminds me of the New Testament where you kind of know where Jesus is back in those days because one person's life was changed and then another person's life was changed. And then all these broken, hurting people in despair are coming out and blind people are saying, have mercy on me. And lepers are saying, will you heal me? And women who are caught in the act of adultery are standing there and there's Jesus with them. And it's like all these people's lives are being changed. And I just love that the story of your family, uh, a lot of times people have these experiences where they reach out to God in despair. But, you know, you're talking about your brother who was in some sense in this really successful season of his life. And even then Jesus shows up to him and he surrenders and you see the change and that changed your whole family. And now you all are being used to change people's lives. It's an amazing story. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm I'm truly, truly blessed. And never, never did I think that um, I would be on this side of being able to share my story and God's word. And um, well, speaking of that, you're (laughs) writing a book. I am. And I'm just curious. And this is my last question I want to ask you, because of course, I could talk to you all day. But when is when do you foresee the book coming out? What do you hope people will re- receive from it? Well, I'm just starting the book. Um, just starting the book. I've I, I've met some amazing people who have come alongside of me and are um, helping me with this. I'm hoping by 2023 the book will be out, um, and I'll have it available um, when I do go and speak. Um, and I will tell the listeners, it's not a Cameron tell-all. I'm not going to be like sharing a bunch of like, you know, Cameron tell-all stories and throwing people under the bus. No, um, I just want my story to uh, give encouragement to women and mm. um, share my story, my good and my bad mm-hmm. um, life experiences and, um, you know, the, the hurts and the joys and the, the triumphs that I've had and just really encourage other women to just um, know that they're loved hmm. and there's women out there that are going through the same thing. Like I said, I meet women when I go and I speak and they're just like bawling their eyes out and just saying, you have touched me. I have felt like you have felt. And that's so encouraging to me too, because there's times when I feel like, Am I the only one that feels this way? Am I the only one that sits in my room and just cries and wonders, like, what am I doing? You know, mm. There's more that I want to give, and how am I gonna how am I gonna do that? And so, when I meet those women, it's also a blessing to me to meet those women and to share stories together. Hmm. Bridget, I know that there are going to be people listening today who want to connect with you and hear more about your story. How can they do that? Well, they can um, absolutely go to my Facebook or my Instagram. Um, they can just um, search Bridget Cameron, Bridget Ridenauer, um, and they can uh, follow me there. Um, and, uh, you know, follow me on, I'm, I'm always posting like what podcasts that I'm doing, um, and where I'll be speaking. Um, 
uh, at the next, you know, women's uh, event or group. And I'm, I'm, uh, I, I love sharing my story. So um, anybody that uh, is interested in having me come, please just reach out. And uh, I'd love to, I'd love to talk about, uh, about doing that. Awesome. Well, I love that you are leaning into the purpose that God rescued you for and that you're continuing to tell your story and use it to help others. So thank you for hopping on today and sharing a piece of it. Thank you so much for having me. Friend, I hope that you enjoyed that interview. I know that there's so much that I receive from talking to Bridget. I love how candid she is about her story and the way that getting no's again and again and again shaped her and the way that she felt forgotten. I love how God showed her he was writing her her own story and he was purposing her in his timing. And I think that's such a good reminder to you and I when we feel like all these other people around us are getting opportunities and we're not. And yet he's doing something and sometimes we can't see what he's doing but he's writing a beautiful good meaningful story and if we can hold on to that hope and be open to shifting our perspective I'm really practicing myself a lot lately trying to figure out what I can receive when I'm smack dab in the middle of chapter seven and it feels like the story's over or it's not going the way that I want it to go or I'm hitting dead ends. I'm holding my hands out, palms up. And I'm saying, God, this isn't the way I wanted it to go and it's not the way that I would have chosen it to go, but what do you have for me to receive here? And I encourage you to pray that prayer with me if you're in that place, friend. If you have a friend that you know needs to hear this episode, somehow it will encourage them. I invite you. It's a simple act. Just send it on and share it. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you do. It'll come into your um, your phone or or however you listen to your podcasts and it'll be there every single Wednesday just for you to encourage you to keep colliding and as we heard from Bridget we know that when we collide with Jesus he changes us and sometimes it's slow change and sometimes it's not sometimes it's instantaneous change but either way it's beautiful change and the more we collide the more whole we become So keep colliding, friend, and we'll catch you next week.